1: Hi, I'm Natalie Rivera. I'm the host and creator of How I Thuck, a podcast about how we have sex. And this is OPP.
2: God bless everybody and welcome back to another episode of OPP. Other People's Podcasts is America's number one podcast discovery platform that highlights your favorite podcasters and the dope shows they created. I'm your host, Corey Cambridge. Our special guest this episode is Natalie Rivera, host of the amazing podcast, How I Fuck. This amazing show is a bi-weekly narrative podcast about sexual health and diversity. Natalie speaks about the sex lives of sex workers, transgenders, and so many more on her podcast. In this episode, she chats with me about her career in podcasting, we get her podcaster's picks, and of course, we get into her dope show, How I Fuck. So, without further ado, allow me to introduce you to Natalie Rivera. Yo, 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 Natalie, what's up? Hello, how are you? Yeah, Yo, you know, I can't complain one bit. It was good. It was nice vibing with you, you know, before we hit the record button. Welcome to the 30 Club.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, um. I don't know how I feel yet. I used to be very excited about turning 30 since watching 13 go on 30. I'm like, oh, 30s are going to be great. And uh, yeah, two months in, I guess, not even two months. I, I don't know. I can't do math and I'm 30, but I already like pulled my pulled my back. So I don't know. Maybe <laughs> it was like an, an initiation kind of thing. <laughs> like I needed to pull a muscle before oh. uh, actually being a 30 year old.
2: Oh, no. 30s, 30s. How uh, would describe 30s that, that good pain. You know what I'm saying? It's like your mind, your mind is getting sharper, but your body is doing different things, you know, but the mind is yeah. getting sharper.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, thank you, thank, you for telling me, thank you for telling me that. I'm, a, I'm expecting to be a genius by the end of this year. By the, by the time I'm 40, I'm expecting to be super smart.
2: I mean, do you like LeBron?
1: Uh, yeah, I guess I do. Yeah. So,
2: like, think about LeBron, right? Like, LeBron's body is doing different things. He's getting older, but his, he's still awesome because he's a smarter player, right? So, you just become a smarter mm-hmm. player in life. You just, you just win in rings differently.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that's a great example. And honestly, like I, the older, at least in the last couple of years, I've realized that any, like any artist, any like director or actress that I'm into, they are someone who's like in their forties or in their fifties, like Tracy Ellis Ross or Sarah Paulson, you know, where they're really gaining so much momentum and like getting so many awards and stuff and seem like their wisest, coolest self at like that age so, yeah, I think I have things to look forward to, except for the pain, obviously. You know, I'm
2: so glad you brought that up because you know what? That, that totally gives me hope as well. Off two examples, very similar to the examples you gave. I got to interview uh, a gentleman by the name of Bruce Wadeen, passed away. Rest in peace, Bruce Wadeen. But he was Michael Jackson's engineer. And so he recorded Thriller. And so he when he won the Grammy for Thriller, he was in his 50s. And it's just like, whoa, like you're some of your, I mean, he's accomplished a lot of other things in his life. But one of your greatest, masterpieces came at the age of 50 and i also through my love of podcasting got a chance to interview my grandfather and when i interviewed my grandfather i said granddaddy what age are you like you're in your late 70s but what age are you in your spirit and he said his 50s and so that's like oh you know that's 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 uh it feels good to know that there's something great over the horizon over 30.
1: yeah absolutely i totally agree um i Yeah, like I said, like, the older I've gotten, the more I've been like, wow, I'm really attracted to these, like, this kind of body of work coming from people who are in, like, who are in their 40s, who are in their 50s, you know? And I would see, like, compilations of, like, you know, I don't know, like, Oprah didn't get her big break until she was this years old, or Tina Fey, or whatever. And I would kind of roll my eyes and be like, okay, but I want it to happen now, you know? Like, I'm sure they suffered a lot before, like, that happened. I'm sure Oprah was, like... Not really liking herself as much back then, you know, but, um, but yeah, I've definitely grown to appreciate, yeah, those years of just like low self-esteem or like, where, what am I doing? What should I do? Because uh, it really, it really is the pain you have to go through in order to start making like your best art, your best content, really.
2: Natalie, so I'm super excited to have you on the show. One, because like I rock With your podcast, how I fuck. I think it's so fucking dope. But secondly, is I get to nerd out with the producer, right? It's almost like we can have a different conversation. Like hosts can have conversations because they're hosts, but then producers have a whole different level of conversation. And most people don't know the producer, you know, they really do a lot of the things with the show. You know what I'm saying? Like like the creation and, and the show structure and the mixing and all that type of stuff. So Tell me, like, uh, uh, you're also a host, like, like myself, a host and a producer. How has being a producer helped you as a host or being a host helped you as a producer?
1: That's a really good question. So I actually had a lot of producer experience prior to making the podcast, but it was video producer. Uh, it was video production. And, you know, actually, when I first became a video producer, I was promoted from scriptwriter to a producer. Uh, back in 2015, 2016, something like that. And I didn't know what a producer meant. I was like, cool, it's a promotion. I don't know what this means. Okay. And it really meant just being a jack of all trades and just like having to be two steps ahead. And that's definitely helped me out as when it comes to hosting, because I, you know, realize I need to have the pronunciations of people's names right. You know, I need to be aware of that. I need to be aware of the fact that I don't know, there's a trigger warning. So I need to know ahead of time that it's going to be this many seconds that a person should skip an episode. And it's definitely helped me out in a way where I can like foresee that, or at least prepare for that when I'm actually doing the recording. And, you know, I mean, as a producer, I've worked with a lot of people who are voiceover artists. So I know the kind of things that I'm asking them for the things that, you know, I think works, I think doesn't work. And as someone who listens to a lot of podcasts I also understand what I like about a host and what I don't so that's also helped me out but that said I still don't feel that prepared as a host like it's very new for me I've always been very back behind the scenes doing everything I can to make other people look good but now that it's me as the host it's um yeah it's a little it's a it's a lot of work it's a lot more work than I thought it would be it's a lot more of a eating, like, apples because you have, like, that, like, I don't know, that wateriness in your mouth because you've been speaking <laughs> so much, you know? And uh, our audio engineer, he keeps telling me to, like, speak louder if I'm hosting because he's just like, if you speak louder, it's going to help me out so much. And I'm just like, I'm sure, like, no other host does that. Like, I have to, like, yell while I'm, like, reading this <laughs> stuff out, you know? But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, been, it's been interesting. I really do feel that being a producer and having to kind of, like, You know be two steps ahead of everything and make sure that everything is like just be prepared as possible it has helped me out as a host where i'm not recording and then i'm like oh well damn like i totally forgot that i needed to verify this or this person's pronunciation or things like that you know but like the actual speaking part of it it's still a bit of a challenge because i'm still not used to it and i do a lot of our podcast is narrative so it's a lot of just narrations and um that's a lot of talking and I remember editing other people's podcasts and being a little annoyed that they weren't getting it right the first time and I have to like search for the right take. Yeah. And now I'm like, I'm annoying myself like big time. <laughs> so I'm just like, damn it. <laughs> like why? Oh, there's like four different takes on this. And like, you know, I'll listen to myself and it looks like I finally got it and I messed up on a word and I'm like frustrated with myself. But um, but yeah, it's been a challenge, which is I'm totally for challenges, you know? And I think that that's going to make me a better producer when I work on other projects, I'll have a better understanding of like what I'm looking for, like what works and like better ways to be cutting down on time and stuff.
2: Mm. I, I, I tend to find because uh, I have two shows, I have Silent Giants and then I have this show OPP. And as the producer of both those shows, I kind of there's a there's a, a theme between the two of them, even though they seem not related they are totally related uh, and I have a theme in my work. Is there a theme that kind of connects all of your different projects that you produce or, or host?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. So this is the only podcast that is mine. It's like, it's my baby, but I'm also a freelance podcast producer. And so I've worked with clients who um, like there is Himalaya, which is like a streaming app and uh, Spotify, which was actually my most recent work. and you know, I will say that a commonality between my work at Spotify and what I did here with How I Fuck is that I obviously love narrative podcasts. Like I'm very, you know, I'm, I love that. I pursue that. I'm a little more attached to that. I I feel a little more inspired with that. But also this um, kind of like, hmm, like, Are there any questions that we haven't asked that maybe we should explore any stats to back up what we're saying? Um, You know, my podcast isn't like the daily, like it's not like it's not meant to be a news podcast, but I do feel like it's important to maybe grab a couple stats here and there and be like this percent of people live with cerebral palsy or it turns out that Victims of sexual abuse actually go through through this and this and this, and so I will have our guests talk to us. But I feel like sometimes it's very important to ha- add some extra context, and I do that with my narrations. But I also do that by like looking for any kind of like studies that I find really interesting. We did an episode with uh, this amazing like black artist who is pansexual, and oh, you know we talked about sexual racism, and there are articles out there. That have chronicled that that like have said that people won't swipe on a black woman or an Asian man and I felt that was important to include so I would say that yeah with this project and other projects that I've worked on adding kind of like that extra information, I think is. Um, for me, I love that. And I haven't heard any complaints yet. So I'm (laughs) assuming that, you know, people who keep coming back to the show, it's like they kind of expect that and they they like that. But like I said, it's not, this isn't a news podcast. So I'm not going to be dropping sources all the time. You know, I just feel like whenever it's appropriate.
2: You know, before we get into your podcast, How I Fuck, uh, I want to touch on this one last thing is that one thing we have in common is that we're both producers of color. You know, may, may, maybe that's the new POC, producers of color.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> I love that. Let's do that. Yeah, that's the new POC right there. Yeah. And, and so I'm finding now, um, you know, for a long time, podcasting wasn't really an inclusive space, but that's changing rapidly. Um, and I feel like there's a lot more interest um, kind of in producers of color in our perspective. I, I call being a person of color a superpower. Uh, it allows me to tell a story from a different perspective. It makes me special. Uh, how has your how has um, uh, being a Latinx producer in the field of podcasting helped you create stories and play a role in the stories that you make?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you, you know, I agree with you. I also think it's a superpower. I think that the industry definitely needs more of us. Uh, and I mean the reason why I was able to do podcasting really, Was because I pushed myself to do it on my own. I had for a while wanted to move from video production to um, audio production. That had been my goal for some years. And I can talk to you about like my experience as uh, like Aladdin X. Person in the video production world and how like, you know, I I kind of struggle with some things there being kind of tokenized at some at some points But you know, I knew that in order Well, not that I knew but like after applying to places and being like, okay, how do I do this? How do I make this switch? I realized that the best way for me to make that that switch to video production to audio production was for me to start my own stuff to make my own things and actually paved my own way. And that helped me enormously. And I will say, you know, like you said, a superpower, the fact that I am Latina and I am bilingual, that has helped me get some jobs, you know, small jobs, but jobs that, you know, I can add to my resume and I can be like, I worked on this show and that show. And um, yeah, I mean, even when, you know, bigger projects like with Spotify, for them, I think it was very important to that they had a producer who was also like who's a person of color as well because we were working with 10 students who were came from all backgrounds and you know it, it really it says a lot when you have someone on your team who can relate to them or who can at least you know who looks like them also and yeah i think it's definitely, it's definitely something that's very important. Um, I don't feel like it comes up that much in my reporting and in my podcast because it's so sex-focused. I do think that me being bisexual does kind of sometimes come up, though. Um, so there's like that other superpower, I guess, of also being part of the LGBTQ community and not just being someone who is, you know, obviously I'm an ally, but not just someone who's only an ally, but someone who also has experienced this or that or some form of biphobia. Um, I think it's also really important to like kind of relate with some of my guests. Obviously not all of my guests, but with some of them. But yeah, I think like having those kind of having that kind of understanding and having that um, empathy also it definitely works in your favor when you're telling stories because so many people in this country are not they're not white or they're not straight or they're not cis you know like this um idea that the average american is like a certain this and that that doesn't exist anymore it probably existed maybe 30 years ago 50 years ago yeah. that's not the case anymore and there's that i forgot what year it is year 2040 or something like that where like you know minorities are gonna be the majority you know, we are in a we live in a country that's always changing. We live in a country where, you know, we have finally in in office we have someone who is bicultural. She comes from two different backgrounds, and that's super important. It really shows how different this country has changed. And I think it's really important to have storytellers that reflect that, because if you if you don't, then you're not going to get the right stories. You're going to have people asking the wrong questions or framing it in a way that is only relatable to, I don't know, white, cis men, as opposed to the stories that these people like that will matter to a certain community. Mm. I don't know if that makes sense. I feel like a ramble. No, part. no, <laughs> no,
2: not at all. Not at all. Touching on great points. You know, speaking of great stories, Natalie, we're going to take a quick break, but we can get back. We're going to see a great podcast. How I fuck.
0: Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals. You can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
2: And Natalie, we are back. Okay, so I often say this on the podcast. Uh, no one grew up wanting to be a podcaster because it didn't exist. So, you know, how did you first fall in love with the medium of podcasting?
1: Yeah. uh, Radio lab, honestly. Yeah. um, I I went to school for journalism and I remember there being, I I can't believe I'm saying this, but I remember, you know, obviously there was a department for broadcasting, right? Mm -hmm. And I was kind of like, whoa, who is is studying there? Because radio is dead. Like that literally was my (laughs) thought. Like studying broadcasting radio is dead uh me being someone who was like studying journalism and working at the school newspaper thinking print would still be around you know like I was super naive uh and, yeah, I mean, like, that was that was my thought around that was just, like, not that many people are listening to the radio anymore. Spotify was only just starting to come out. People were streaming, um, you know, and that was going to change everything. And so I just assumed that radio meant that it was, like, going to go away as well or not be as popular as it used to be. But, um, yeah, obviously that wasn't the case at all. Like, podcasting is podcasting is radio podcasting is like is having like a radio show kind of like you know the radio shows that maybe some of us who are listening grew up with and yeah I went to school for journalism did a lot of writing was a freelance writer then went to then uh, fell into video production Um, but I still wasn't in love with video production I just was in love with the idea of storytelling but I didn't know in what what platform, what format did I want to do storytelling? I just knew I wanted to tell stories. But honestly I'm not the biggest fan of writing. It takes me a very long time to write. Not that I don't enjoy it. It just takes it really just takes someone to like have the discipline to just write all the time. Yeah. And then video production still wasn't I don't know, I still didn't love it also. Uh, And then one day, my best friend's uncle, who I actually never told the story to, and I should probably thank him. uh, We were talking, and he was just talking about how much he listens to podcasts and stuff, and he recommended Radiolab. And so I had to drive from there back to, like, it was a long commute back home. So I pulled up an episode, their latest episode, and it was about the figure skater, oh, my God, Surya Bonnelli. Surya I'm totally I'm probably butchering that name, but it was about the black figure skater who was actually competing around the same time that um, Tony Harding was also competing. Yeah. Uh, and so it was the most it was like the crazy experience for me, like just listening to that one episode and like the ice skates. And hearing the gliding of the ice, and it was like so intense, and the archives and all this stuff. I just loved it so much. And I was like, holy shit, like I need to get into this. And so from there, I just started listening to like a million podcasts, basically. Like I was listening to Radio Lab a lot, and then I think Today Explained came out that same year. And I was super excited because I was like, I've never felt, even though I worked in media, I needed, you know, I worked in media companies that kind of um, made news more digestible, you know, like they didn't make it complicated. So when Today Explained came out, I was like, I need this. And I still listen to, I've listened to every episode every single day since it came out. I still listen to it. And I, yeah, I mean, that's how, that's really how I fell in love with it because I realized like, you know, with video, I mean, yes, if you have like a lot of money, you can make a great production yeah, and you can like try all these different things. But with audio, like you really have the chance to like try a lot of different things to like tell a story in all these different ways, you know. You're not; it's not as limiting as other forms of storytelling. So that's when I really, really knew that like I I need to get in on this, you know. And it wasn't just narrative documentary style podcasts, but it was also like talk uh, talk podcasts, talk shows, you know that that I really I really enjoyed uh, things like you know well now like unladylike which the host used to be, uh, stuff, stuff your mom never told you, I believe. Yeah. But like having those kind of conversation, like podcasts as well, seemed like super important. And I felt so, I mean, to this day, I feel so informed, you know, like growing up, I grew up in, I, I'm from San Fernando and you know, we didn't have people going to college. Like I was the first person to go to college and, um, I went to school in the Los Angeles Unified School District and they're not the best of schools. I didn't learn a lot of things. I didn't read the diary the diary of Anne Frank when I was in school. There was a lot of books I didn't read. There was a lot of things I didn't know. And this was a student and this was me being a student who took AP honor classes and I still felt not that smart, you know? And so to find a medium where I was constantly learning, learning all the stuff I had never learned, I never learned in class or things like, you know, learning all these stories that I never knew existed from these people or communities that I had no idea about. Um, It was awesome. It was awesome. And I felt super informed. Like I could be doing laundry and be learning something and that's why, that's why I enjoy it. And that's why I listened to it and I wanted to work in it.
2: So tell me about, uh, for folks who are listening to the podcast uh, and want to know about how I fuck. Give me the elevator pitch of the show.
1: Sure. So how I fuck is a podcast that explores how people have sex and why people have the certain kind of sexual fantasies or the certain certain kind of needs that they have or views that they have about sex. So every other week I interview someone who is living an unconventional life or is or has like a, a condition or um has like a identity that maybe is not the norm and i kind of want to know how is it that they have sex so the idea came from an article that i read about a woman with dwarfism who is a sex coach and she actually created uh, sex toys for people with dwarfism and i was like whoa i had no idea that I had no idea about any of this, you know? Like, apparently, it's really hard for people with dwarfism to straddle because of their hips. Apparently, some of them can't reach their genitalia because their arms are too short. And, like, these are things I had – I didn't know that this existed. I didn't know that people who were in this community, that community, who were in this kind of line of work, who had this experience, um, had obstacles or had sex differently than, I guess, the quote-unquote, you know, everyone else, like the normal kind of sex. Uh, And that's really – what I try to explore. I try to find people with very interesting stories, with very interesting experiences, and be like, how does someone who goes through sexual trauma, how do they try to have sex again? How does someone who is blind, how do they have sex? Like, how you know, who, how do they find someone attractive? Like, how do they, you know, is it, it's a stumbling around, like I saw in, like, movies and stuff, or is, it, is there more to it? And that's really... The premise of the show, and that's longer than an elevator pitch. But I feel like we're going to like the twentieth no. floor, so I have time to
2: keep no, 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 no. You, you know what I appreciate about your show is one, it's it's produced magnificently. Second, you're an amazing host. But it's really a it's a podcast about people. You know what I mean? Like it's really about the person because you. I, I would say I learned so much about their experience as a human. You know what I mean? Like going through I, the the episode that I caught recently was, uh, I believe it was Mark, who uh, was HIV positive. And you didn't end up learning so much about him, his experience coming out as a gay man, about the era of disco, you know what I mean? And in and, and the late 70s, there was so much more about the person that you understand that went into their sex life. You know, it's sometimes we just kind of just think, um, you know, you know, like I, I learned that our sex life evolves based on on our personal experiences. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I, um, it was important for me to really tell people's stories. Like when I interview people for this podcast. They are the star of the story. They are the star of the episode. I am narrating their their life. I want to know what their first sexual experience was, whether it was like masturbating under the sheets to Johnny Bravo or something, or like you know kissing <laughs> a girl for the first time. I want to I want to know these things because I think it's um I think it's I think it's really important to kind of like to learn that from the very beginning.
2: Before we get into the podcasters' picks, I do uh, I always find that. I tend to learn so much more from the shows that I create and host. Uh what have you learned from this podcast that you didn't know before?
1: Yeah, I grew up in a Catholic household, very strict mother actually. I uh, I wasn't exposed to a lot of things in general like pop culture or like I said my school system was kind of not great, so I wasn't <laughs> like exposed to a lot of great books and um I think I had this idea of, like, what sex work was or being, like, a dominatrix or something, and so we interviewed a professional dominatrix, and her story was, like, so amazing. Like, I I thought, I, you know, I didn't expect everything that she said. Like, the reason why she got into it was because she came out of a, of a very toxic relationship, um, and also understanding that, like, you know, when you think about the BDS community, B, BDSM community, and I think, I think in general, a lot of people just think like leather and chains and whips and stuff, but there's so much more to it. Like They are very, very um, dedicated to consent. They are very, de- you know, they, it's their first rule. They have to, you need to make sure that your partner is always saying yes and your partner is enjoying it. I think like making episodes like that where it kind of changes, it kind of changes perspective a little, or not change your perspective, but you learn a different perspective. Um, I think a lot of people can learn from that, me included, anytime I make an episode.
2: So we've come to a point, Natalie, in the show called Our Podcasters Picks. This is where I'm going to ask you for your top three favorite podcasts that you enjoy that we should be listening to. And forgive me, because time is really running short here on this Zoom call. But give me your top three favorite podcasts that you enjoy.
1: Sure. So right now I'm listening to Anything for Selena by uh, Futuro Media, Mm -hmm. actually. Yeah, so that's that's splendid. I love that. I'm a huge Selena fan. I grew up with her music, and I think it's like such an interesting take on her story, so I highly recommend that one. Uh, Future Perfect is also one that I love. I've been listening to it for a while. I feel like it's been around for a while, but their most recent season was all about... Um, meat. It was all about meat. And I'm a vegan and I'm not trying to convert people, but I really think that they should give it a listen because there's so they go into different angles about meat production here in the U.S., um, whether it's like the environment, social justice, everything. And so I think it's a, a great one to listen to. And um, I feel like I'm obligated to tell people to listen to Spotify's Class of 2020 Speaks, which is the podcast that I, um, I was a producer on. Uh, It's a great podcast that talks to like 10 grads from all over the country about like what it was like to graduate during 2020. So I feel like I had to uh, self-promote
2: there. There we go. There we go. And Natalie, before we get out of here, why do you podcast?
1: I podcast because I love telling stories and I want people to hear stories while they clean their homes like I do.
2: Thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode of OPP and to our special guest, Natalie Rivera. Be sure to check out her amazing podcast, How I Fuck, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode was mixed and produced by Justin Richards. Music for this episode was produced by Richie Quake. And are you down with OPP? If so... Check out opp.news for the latest in podcast news and releases. And while you're still listening, how about giving me a five-star rating and leaving me a comment in the Apple app? It'll truly mean a lot to me. Thank you so much. I'm your host, Corey Cambridge. God bless everybody. Till next time.